0: Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Happy Monday.
1: Happy Veterans Day.
0: Happy Veterans Day. Thank you to all of our veterans who have served
1: for sure. in America
0: and across the world. I'm excited for today's episode. It was really, it was a great, deep conversation.
1: Yeah. I listen to podcasts sometimes where they distinguish whether the guest is like an expert or not. And I feel like this one is kind of an expert.
0: Oh yeah, she's totally done <laughs> lots of research, she's done all her stuff, she's really cool, she came to us and she wanted to talk about the path of the female artist and how there's, you know, we always talk about the, you know, the artist's path and it's it's so masculine. So we got into a lot of feminist talk, we got into a lot of artist talk, we got into a lot of structural talk, which is, you know, I love that, it's so awesome. Yeah. And she just had so many great Like, this is just such a deep conversation.
1: Yeah. It's really awesome. I had a lot of, like, oh, like, aha moments with her, I feel like. Yeah. So you'll hear that in the episode. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, it's
0: deep, but it's also, like, stuff that everyone goes through. Yeah. Whether you're – I don't want to say, like, just a woman – no because like right like that's like you know just what we are but like you know like just a woman or just a mom or just a worker like you know whatever it is that you you know whatever uh part of you you're feeling right now like there's parts of this interview that I'll speak to you yeah and like it's just awesome so uh updates Come join us in the free community. It's at the theawesomeladiesproject.crafty... Oh, my God. Yeah. Dot... I'm just going to say all sorts of little weird words right now, and <laughs> you guys have to write them down. No. It is at theawesomeladiesproject.com slash female. There's a free group. You can upload all your projects to the gallery. You can come join the discussions. It is totally free. It is so easy to use. I made it. It's awesome. You should come and join. And we have... We've been having amazing book club discussions. I feel like book club is this tiny little bit where we dive in so deep to this like tiny little thing. And it's like, oh, look at how it's affecting this part of her life and this part of her life and this part of her life and this part of her life. And it's only like, you know, four paragraphs in a book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so deliciously bite-sized and I feel like if listeners want to be connected to the podcast but don't necessarily have the time or want to listen to an hour long show every week this is a good alternative like they join the Patreon and then they can like follow along with the book with us and just like tap into a little bit of insight and creativity like 10 minutes a week instead of an hour
0: right it's it's yeah. awesome and so you can find out more about that at the same place there's a private patreon community for book club discussion for patreon stuff for all the after chatter stuff and it's you know same place the awesome ladies slash crafty ass female there's all the information is right on that page and there's also the the um what is your favorite moment from the last hundred shows oh yeah so yeah tell us about that and what were you just gonna say
1: well we're gonna round out or end the year with austin cleon's book and then we're starting a really juicy one in january so you're gonna want to join us for that it's
0: elise joy's book so if you want to get it now or if you want to like ask for it for christmas i think we're starting it in december so if you want to get it for like black friday um it's elise joy's big dreams daily Daily joys Joys. yeah it's awesome there's talk about a dense book oh my god I've broken it up. We're going to do it over like 3 months because there is so much in there. And we're going to dive into the f- just the first chapter in December so we're ready for our goals come January. I love it. I I'm so excited. I like when I was planning it out, it just gave me like oh, goosebumps like we are really going to get shit done. Nice. So, it's going to be awesome. And the community's awesome. Come and tell us like all the things that you love about the show. Come and meet all the other listeners. Come and hang out. I'm glad that we finally have a user-friendly community that's easy to use. You can use it on your tablet, your phone, your computer. It's just easy. And it makes me happy. I'm so glad. And I'm really excited. The next two interviews, this interview and the next interview, are – they remind me of the shows that we do together. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm excited that we kind of get to dive deep into, like, experts in their field. Yeah. Because usually when we have experts in their field, they're, like, more crafty experts, business experts. These are, like, women experts. Yeah. And, like, brain experts and, like, things experts on the things that we're, like, yeah, we are women and we're trying to, like, navigate life. And these are women who, like, know about navigating life.
1: Yeah. They're, like, the resourcefulness experts the yes, part of crafty exactly. the part of crafty that plays into that they were really
0: yes yeah, so this week we on. have Anna Lovend, and she is amazing and so let's get to anna's interview because she's she's just so awesome thank you guys for being amazing listeners we love you and here's our interview with anna
1: Hi Anna.
2: Hi. <laughs> Welcome to
1: the podcast.
2: Thank you. I'm thrilled to All the to way begin. from Sweden. Yes.
1: <laughs> she uh, Well, we've had I think like around Australia we've had a guest, right? So she's not our farthest away guest. No, that's she's true. pretty far. It's mm. pretty Did far we? though. Yeah.
0: Australia is definitely farther from us than Sweden.
1: Yes. Good. I was almost <laughs> not sure. <laughs> All, right. All right. Everyone Welcome, Anna Lovin, to the podcast today. She's a writer, creativity mentor, and mother. And I love that on your website, you say that your work is all about women's uh, creative freedom and the power of our voices and stories as women. And then you write about it in your book, The Creative Doer, which Mm -hmm. recently came out. And you facilitate a teacher training called Write Yourself, W-R-I-T-E, your and then self as separate words all together. I love that. So welcome, I'm so excited you. to like research you and see what your work is all about. And Did yeah. I get that right, that little intro? I'd
2: that say that good? was, yeah, you covered it, okay. I think.
1: <laughs> awesome, awesome. So let's just jump right into it. Tell us a bit of your creative backstory and how you got to uh, do what you do today and how like the book came about and all that.
2: Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> well- <laughs> just a little question. Yeah. Brief one. No, I've always been... <laughs> reading and writing like for as long as i can remember and i also had this fierce commitment to working for justice in different ways like since i was a small kid it's weird really but advocated for animal rights like environmental issues i was a greenpeace activist in my teens really committed to the cause and um, eventually i came to like zoom in on gender related inequalities I think that theme was always there. Um, I experienced a lot of sexual violence myself growing up and, and you know, as an intelligent kid, I I watched the world around me and I saw how girls and boys were treated differently and it like broke my heart and made me furious at the same time. Um, But it took some time, you know, before I found the language for that, what it was that I was witnessing and, but these two threads, so to speak, have, have run through my entire life. I can see that now looking back. And I thought for a long time that I'd be working with the, the justice issues. Uh, but for different reasons, I, I ended up with a degree in language and literature. And and I went on to work as an editor uh, in the publishing business uh, in Stockholm. Uh, and it you know in many ways that was a dream come true for me and i loved it i learned so much there and and but it looking at it now it was really just a starting point i, I like when when i was working with all these writers and supporting them in their work i, I got really interested in like in the creative process not just the writing but and, and the, the producing of of books but but the creative process and i started to learn more about it and read more about it and and eventually i noticed that everything i read like addressed the creative path and the process as something universal like as as, as if we all come to it as equals which is really weird because we don't live in a world we're in a society where everyone is equal. We don't come as equals to anything. So why would it be that way with with the creative process? It was like these questions began to rise. And over time, it was, it started to itch a bit. (laughs) It was like, the more I learned, you know, what about the fact that only three to five percent of, of major permanent collections in, in, uh, in art museums in the U.S. And, and Europe represent women's work. Like, what about the fact that I'd say 90 percent of the literature I studied at the university were work by men? Or what about the fact that male artists earn so much more than female artists, just for no other reason other than that they're male? And, and what about the fact that motherhood and the creative path for, lo- for, for a really long time has been seen as mutually exclusive almost? Like all these things. And should they not be part of the conversation? It's like, should we, sh- should they not be mentioned at least as something? So you that-
1: were hearing these big, broad kind of statements and strokes about the creative path, and then you as someone who wanted to pursue it was like, but there's so many nuances that aren't yeah. being addressed in the, I see,
2: Because the creative process, you know, it's isolated. <laughs> if it was possible to isolate it, it is universal. Like the creative laws are universal. And we, and we sort of, the way I see it at least, and, and most creatives I know, it's, it's like a co-creation process. It's more than just us as human, there's something else at work. But then we are also human, living and working in a world where we are seen as females and everything that comes with that, uh, or male and everything that comes with that, regardless of how you identify yourself, actually, I mean, we're usually put in either of those. And and that matters. I, I, want, I want to, I, for myself, like I wanted to, to address that. Because it, it does affect our choices and how we show up as creatives.
0: Absolutely. It matters a lot. Yes. Um, and I think, I mean, you're, everything you say is absolutely brilliant. And I agree 100%. Yeah. Like, 1000%. <laughs> I just, I mean, I've been nodding my head the whole time. Yeah. And it's so, it's just so true. It's so practical. It's so, It's so rooted in real, like real, tangible. Yeah. This is what women go through. Right. And it's such a stronghold that the patriarchy has on us to say, oh, there's this thing that's universal Mm -hmm. that we can pull out and you can just look at on the wall. With these five steps that doesn't have anything to do with any other part of life right. that, you know, you can remove from your family, mm-hmm. from, you know, having to sleep eight hours, from, you know, sicknesses that you may have, okay. from the, the house that you live in, from the, the city that you live in, from every other aspect of your life, Yeah. patriarchy has the ability to say, oh, no, but here's this thing. And it it, it affects everybody exactly the same. And no matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter what your life looks like, it's the same for everybody. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Exactly. That's nonsense. And we, and anybody who tries to say that it's the same for everybody is either one, lying, or two,
2: lying to themselves. Yeah. I mean, I was saying that to myself for a really long time, too, as I bought into that. And, and, and it, that's
0: society wants us to.
2: Yeah. And I think it is connected also to how individualized our society is, where we're supposed to look at ourselves like this is my failing. Mm. I cannot make this work. I struggle to be a creative within this system. So I, it must be me i need to like work harder on my discipline or or like my time management or whatever uh, or my mindset the favorite one mm. <laughs> and and no that's like where i want to step in and say just no that too yes that's part of the creative work as well but here's this big piece of the puzzle that we're ignoring and that's the system the fact that mm. the system is rigged against us correct yeah
0: so absolutely and like those systems patriarchy capitalism they are they want to keep you small they want to keep you in a box they want to keep you as manageable as possible for the system right and by god we do not fit into boxes and we certainly don't fit into the boxes that patriarchy and capitalism want us to fit into
2: no and I, especially as creative women yeah exactly and I think that was it became so clear to me that just like you know the modern work world is 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 modeled on a male worker who has a wife at home to, mm. to tend to the domestic work and all that the creative path as we know it as we recognize it and reward it, it it's modeled on a male artist and not even a very updated version of the male artist so and that path is not available to us like or or it's available but at a cost
1: Mm. I never see like this is amazing what are we in 10 minutes of this show and I'm already like (laughs) yeah like that is so true I've been feeling that a lot lately the older I get the more I think about like a future and wanting a family like I I don't know how people do it with a family like I I'm solo taking care of only myself and I'm it's hard it's very very hard I always say to myself I know you want kids but like how is that gonna work and mm. like I think it's exactly what you're saying like yeah. it's because it's modeled me being plugged into the job I'm plugged into is modeled after a man that will be working all the time yeah. and has someone at home to do half the work and yes. I'm already doing it yeah that makes a lot of sense
2: so, so what do we, we do we kind of don't we kind of don't like admit to that,
1: or that, you, I didn't even realize until no. you said it. Really,
2: right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. So and I and I and I hear that a lot. Actually, I, you know, I beg, began to bring these insights into my work and begin to bring it into conversations with other women, and 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 begin to write about it. And I could tell that there was this longing to talk about these things more, and and the reaction I often heard was that. This is exactly I've been feeling this and I've been experiencing it, but I haven't had word for it, words for it, like I haven't been able to to pinpoint wh- what the trouble actually is. So I see that there's this is huge need to to address this, actually talk about it, to, to just be really concrete and to the point like this is this is a reality.
1: So how did you kind of like go from like editing and literature and, and that? to this, to that being like your purpose and path then?
2: Yeah, I mean, that was a long journey. And, and from like, I left the city, I left that fancy career. I didn't leave editing completely or the publishing business. I just began to freelance because I, I wasn't comfortable in that work place and I wanted to leave the city. So that was my option. So I began to do freelance editing work and I still do on and off but I focused also more on my own writing and, and uh, just these conversations, like it, it sparked something in me and in other women as well. There was some recognition happening and, and I became like more dedicated to, to that, to, to, to having this conversation. I remember this is really, I mean, this is recent two years ago when, when Me Too happened, and, and I think that was a wake-up call for so many uh, and for many different reasons but for me it was like i I got this sense that in fact there's enough with the waiting okay so if no one's talking about it I'm gonna write the book and so, <laughs> so I did and, and then here it is and and I think I think many of us feel that urgency now like we've been waiting for a long time and there's so much crap going on and 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 like it's it's obviously, no one is going to fix this for us. So let's talk about it and find other ways. I, I want to be really concrete and practical about this too, because I do believe, I mean, the book I've written is, is an exploration into all the themes that we've been talking about now. But is also a very practical like step by step going through the creative process. What is it, what does it mean? in this stage of the process. What, it, what, are, what are the particular challenges for women uh, at the idea stage, at the the, the execution state stage, at the sharing stage and, and all of that? Because I want us to do the work. Like, this is all good. We need to talk about it. And then we need to get going, find out how do we do it differently and 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 begin to do that because I, I do believe that there is so much power like idle power in women yeah. trying to make it work in a system that doesn't support them
0: yeah i think that's totally true i think that's there's so much like um like to bring a, in of like a physics metaphor like potential energy mm. yeah instead of like because we are we're Creative women who love making things, who love doing things, who want action. We have that, you know, we want that kinetic energy. We want our hands doing things. But there are barriers. There are literal things in our way, whether they be systematic things, whether they be we have domestic responsibilities Mm -hmm. because society places more domestic responsibilities on women, whether it's familial responsibilities, whether it's, you know, you need to work a job or two jobs or three jobs to pay your bills whatever barriers are on you mm-hmm. you need to find out how to get rid of them yeah and like i know so many of us are also like embarrassed to talk about mm-hmm. money we're embarrassed to talk about these barriers we're embarrassed to talk about this stuff because we see that male vision of the creative process and think, well, we're supposed to have that easier creative process. Mm.
2: Mm.
0: And because we're women, because we have this other stuff on our shoulders, it's harder for us. And it's like almost, we're almost ashamed because it's harder for us. And so we don't talk about it because it's harder. And like, that's embarrassing. Yeah. And so, like, we need to, like, get rid of this shame of, you know, it's harder to do things because you're a woman, because there's this extra expectation of stuff on top of you.
2: Mm.
0: Which, like, duh. Mm. We all know this. Like, we-, mm. we all know the stuff that we're afraid to say. yeah, And it's okay to talk about it. Like let's talk about the fact that it's harder to be a woman artist because we make less money. So, you know, it's going to be harder to pay our bills. You know, it's not like we get, you know, a lady discount from the landlord. (laughs) Like, so we don't get lady discount from the the water company. So we legitimately have to work harder to pay our bills. Yeah. It's like actual math.
2: Yeah like that thing you know when they say oh we all have the same 24 hours like that's so infuriating it's 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 crazy to even like talk about privilege saying such a thing obviously a single mother who struggles to to make finances work is not going to have the same time as as a dude coming home to a set table like with his finances straight... I mean, obviously not. Right. It's, it's ridiculous. It's offensive to even suggest such a thing.
0: Right. It's so... Like, there's no point in even having a conversation with someone who thinks that. No. Because that's a waste of the time. Yes. That we don't have <laughs> because we need to work so hard.
2: <laughs> yeah, you have to pick your battles. Around exactly. This, yeah.
0: And, like, for us, who like, we get so much joy out of the creative process yeah. that like we also feel sometimes that oh it's okay that like you know we don't get paid as much it's okay that you know like it's harder it's okay like mm. you know the it's okay mindset mm-hmm.
2: yeah but
0: like that's it it shouldn't be an it's okay for all women like that's such bullshit yeah like it, that, just, yeah. it,
2: it becomes exhausting after a while. Yeah, and, and most give up, actually. Right. Because it's exhausting. It, it's unsustainable. It should be
0: awesome. You know, it doesn't have to be awesome every single day. But, like, if you work five days a week, it shouldn't have to be just okay every single day. It should yeah. be awesome, you know, a couple hours yeah. or, you know, every once in a while, like, you shouldn't have to slog through something you love yeah. all the time just to make ends meet
2: but that's where that likability thing comes in i think because the oh it's okay i mean it's enjoyable it's i do it for myself and all that that, that i mean that is a way to avoid conflict to not not speak out about this not be a nuisance, not be a, a feminist bitch, <laughs> which I am. <laughs> and it's, it's, so like we, we play small in order to avoid that conflict. And sometimes we have reason to, because it's not always safe out there. Absolutely. For women. Uh, it's, but yeah, it, it's, it, we're raised, most of us. That's, I think that's the trait I find is the most universal women are different and women's stories are different depending on where you come from and, and socioeconomics and cultural background and all that but there seem to be this one thing and that's that we are raised to be likable to prioritize being liked
1: and you know what's interesting like i'm, I'm listening to you ladies speak and it's opening my eyes and all that stuff in my professional experience i've i've been like that whole liking and people pleasing and yeah. like I've experienced negativity with that from other women, like mm. other women bosses or other women like or I'll, or it'll be like, I know I can do this creative work that this woman's doing, but it's harder for me. Like it, I've never really personally felt, although like you're saying, and I'm my perception and perspective. Is that the word perspective of it is widening? Like the system I'm in is male built. So that's also different. Now I'm understanding, but also the women, I feel like a lot of the industries I've worked in have been women dominated industries, and I still feel Mm. the hardness. Like, I don't know. I don't Mm. know if that plays Mm. into what we're saying, but I I also, that could be a totally different direction. But it's interesting hearing that I'm in a system that is like male driven, which I get and I feel. But also, even in the women, driven industries it's very difficult too <laughs> it's
2: like- yeah and, and and they're usually modeled the same way and and the women who are successful within that system are those who have adapted the most to to those oh, traits I see. like and- the way that women are always like if women don't have don't get paid the same wages or if they don't get the promotion and it's always like No, but women have to learn to be more confident and women have to Mm. change in this way or in that way. And some women do and manage to sort of like be really good men. Mm -hmm. But for most of us, it's, it's, it's not working and it, and you can feel that like discrepancy that what you're describing, that hardness.
0: And I think two things to what Amanda's saying is that one. In in female-dominated industries, I think one of the things that happens immediately is because women are socialized to be likable, mm. there is an immediate competition to be likable. Yeah. And then that likability is a commodity. Mm. And then when you are seen as, you know the most likable that is threatening to other women yeah and so then that's you know a problem Mm. and then other women see that as threatening because you know we've all been trained to be most likable or work to be likable and so when another woman is more likable than you then you are then less likable Mm. oh my god just saying these words out loud sounds so ridiculous Guys, do we hear what we're doing to ourselves?
1: And like a lot of what you're saying, I think it's all like intertwined because of what Anna's saying and you're saying and how I'm trained to be. So I think part of the problem was me also not standing up for like, right, standing up for what I believed I deserved in the job or whatever. But that's me being trained like to not Mm. do that. And then Mm. being intertwined in the system as well. Like it is so. And then another
0: one of the things that happens in female dominated Industries, especially, I know, scrapbooking and planning and all of these creative things where women get paid less money. Mm. They can afford to be paid less money or no money when they are supported by partners who make enough money to support an entire family. Yeah. So they can take on what are essentially volunteer positions. Right. Or, you know, hobby positions where they are, you know, which are seen as jobs mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily paid as full-time jobs
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so like that is another thing where it's the okay with it you know like right and yeah. look,
1: there's
0: not and we've talked about this on the show before there it's it's a very big thing in the in the scrapbook industry it's a very big thing in all of the paper crafting industries around here is to have People work for you on your creative teams and just not pay them mm. or pay them in product, pay them in, you know, in kind. Mm. And the women who can do a lot of this work have partners who have full-time jobs that can support an entire family. Sure. Because this is work and time. that doesn't need to be paid yeah. or, I mean, should be paid but isn't. And so that's the patriarchy coming right back for you.
2: Yeah, and, and then we don't really, uh, we're usually not quite honest about that either. We don't say out loud that, okay, I can do this because my partner is supporting me. So then we perpetuate this, this sort of, you know, first of all, the system so that, that it's upheld. Yes, you can get someone to do this work basically for free but also you perpetuate this image that I think is, is about the creative entrepreneur world in, in large. It's, it's that we see others as, as much more successful than they actually are. Right. And we don't see that other people struggle the way we do. And that, that becomes yet another part of the shame that you were talking about before, Kristen. Like, why can't I make it? I see all these other people do it. But actually, they're not, most of them.
1: (laughs) Right. Not in the way you think that they are and that you're trying to push yourself to also achieve. Right. I agree.
2: So that is like, oh, it's me failing. But it's not. Right. It's like the system is not working.
0: Oh,
1: I love this conversation. (laughs)
0: Right. And the system is designed to show you people's successes Mm -hmm. hide people's failures so that you can only see – that you're not good enough. Sure. Even when you are, like, even when you are well above average, well above, you know, what whatever these metrics mean, because we can make up numbers, we can make up statistics, we can literally say whatever we want with numbers. We can use whatever numbers. And I think when I was looking at your website, I'm going to turn this back into a story. When I was looking at your website a couple of months ago, I love that you just talked about how women's stories are. There's just something more to women's stories, hmm. and they're important. And this is exactly how I feel, and why I, I love to help women tell their stories with scrapbooking. Yeah, we can take numbers and use them to tell any story we want. Yeah, and I want like that's one of the things that I love to remind women is like when you're reading a story in the news, when you're looking at some kind of statistics. That's just somebody telling you a story that they want you to know.
2: Yeah,
0: They're just using those numbers to reinforce whatever story that they wanted to tell you in the first place. Yeah, sure. And so your story is just as important as anyone else's story. Whatever else is going on in the world, your story is just as important. And I love all the things that you have to say about this. And so I'd love to know how did you – Get involved in wanting to help
2: other people tell their stories. Well, I think that came quite naturally from from both my love of of writing and reading and and, and my commitment to to uh, improving conditions for women in this world. <laughs> uh, th- that was like a very grand ambition when I was young, but now I've sort of zoomed in a bit, and and this this is where I feel I can do some real good because I know something about storytelling. And I know how to, to help other people get their stories. Um, both like find their own stories and, and to, to, to like, guide them through the process of actually telling it because you, most people, most women I've talked to with, they do feel they have that story. All of us do. But most of us have no idea how to get it from inside to to outside, and and for most of us, it's it's such a scary process.
1: Because the it's like the story that's helpful and the story that we need from women is the true story. Yeah, and like that's what you're kind of that's what you said before is like people tell stories the time they don't tell really what's going on. Like yeah. you could tell the story of like I wrote a book and I had this creative career, but my husband's a doctor has been working and I so I can't. Like that part of the story is always yeah. left out. Yeah. Or like the wounded parts are yes. always like skimmed over, you know. So I think that's what you're, that's kind of what we're talking about too. Like just to get more specific on when we say story, we mean like, what is your real yeah, story? Yeah, it doesn't
2: have to be like someone <laughs> writing a novel. That's not right at all the point. Sometimes it is if that's your dream, but usually no. The point is, I think what me too among other things showed is that women's stories have not been heard. And if they have, they have been sort of prioritized beneath the dominant male narrative about sexual abuse, sexual assault, sexism. Uh, And you can see that everywhere, like in, in literature, if you write about the specifics of a female life, that's expected to be of interest for women only. But if you write from the perspective of a male, then that's just literature. That's universal. No. That's the human story. You know, it's, I want to, to bring all the aspects of, uh, of the life in a female body <laughs> to the table. I want it all up there. I want the, the horror stories that we heard in Me Too, but I also want the mundane The small details all the stuff that we have not heard yet because the male story is supposed to be so much more important i want all of it told and heard and taken into account when we like try to understand how to do this human thing it's like half the stories are missing right now i think that's so important i think that
0: is i mean because you walk into a bookstore And then, you know, there's thousands and thousands of books everywhere. And then you get the shelf of women's books. Yeah. (laughs) But no, I think (laughs) you're so right. We always talk about stories and then we get, you know, epic stories and past stories. And they're also male centered. And there's so many different ways of experiencing life.
1: Yeah.
0: And... From, how to put this in words, there's so many things about women's experiences, the female experience, growing up as a teenage girl, all of these things that are part of being a woman, part of being female, part of being anything having to do with womanhood, femininity, that are just, how do I put it? It's like if you are listening to headphones while you're at a rock concert. Hmm. Like, they're there, yeah, but it's just... Drowned out. Right, and like, it's like no one can pay attention to them because they're not available to be paid attention to. Hmm. And it's only by having these conversations can we be like, oh, right, none of the books that I read in school really had any female characters except for the ones that were like, Now we're reading a female book. Exactly. And
2: And that's the exception then.
0: Right. Like it literally was the exception. It's like, okay, well, you know, in English class, you know, take English all four years, which was, you know, it's literature, Hmm. not uh, grammar. Uh, And, you know, we read the books and every year you have a book. You know, you have the books on specific things. And then every year you'd have a book that was a book about women. Yeah. And as, as, a, as a kid, you don't necessarily think anything of it. No, but it shapes the way you see the world nonetheless. Exactly. And your
2: place in it if you are a woman.
0: Totally. And like, the, that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. That's literally why you go to school. Right. To learn and be shaped into a person.
2: Yeah. And, and Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of uh, uh, regarding school and how we are shaped to, to see certain things as normal correct i it's when I did some research for the book I came across this teacher who who made an experiment it was in the eighties but but research has since proven this to be the case still that she she noticed that she gave the boys in the class a lot more talking space she gave them more questions and so on and then she like because she wanted to change this she she decided to split it 50 50 like consciously be very pay attention to exactly how many questions she gave to boys and and to girls respectively and and she did this in class and the reactions were immediate like first of all from the boys because they were like why are you giving all the questions? And all, wh- why did the, the girls get to talk all the time when in fact it was 50-50? And they were so <laughs> upset they took it upon themselves to actually count the questions during a lesson to prove her wrong. But even when they actually found that she was indeed giving 50-50 to the meet, they were still upset somehow. They had been robbed. Like <laughs> it, it, it confirms so this, this, this idea that if you're used to privilege, equality feels like oppression exactly but what was really interesting was what happened next when the girls got really really uncomfortable and came to the teacher and asked her to to again go back to giving more time to the boys because they were so uncomfortable with them being upset so that's so interesting (laughs) i mean that says it all i think and so and, and this has been proven again and again since that that when girls speak more than i think it's more than 30 percent then they are perceived to be dominating the conversation when they sort of exceed 30 percent of the time that's 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 as far as they can go without being seen as like taking up all the space being aggressive being uh, all over the place too much too assertive that matters both men and women react the same way to this. Like even even the women react like as as if they're actually taking up too much space when they exceed like 30%. And this matters, like we can't just say to women, oh, you need to be more confident. When we are raised like this, obviously we're not gonna want to exceed those 30% because people get upset and we get anxious and and for good reason right we
0: it's a lot to put on individual people yes. to ask them to go around and put themselves in situations that make them anxious all the time
2: yeah and we'll give like them a un- negative response from other people yeah that's
0: that's unhealthy it's unhealthy yeah. to ask people to put themselves in situations that are going to make them like not not even uncomfortable, but like anxious, yep. where you yep. know you're gonna raise your heartbeat, yep. you're gonna you're gonna raise your heart rate, whatever. This is the same thing. Uh, you know you're gonna have a hard time. Like that's especially if you have an anxiety disorder, especially if you have any kind of mental health problems. Yep. And like, I mean, when you're raised in a society where you're not even allowed to talk one third of the time, how could you not have any mental health problems? <laughs> but Um, you can't just be like, oh, well, just talk more. No. You're going to, like literally get harassed yeah so
1: and i also again i don't know why my brain keeps going to this but i also find it interesting that like when i'm in a group of all females i tend to still be that 30 percent like yes. there are still dominant females than me who do who like know that there's there is no male female ratio in the room but i'm gonna take the lead role here i tend to be still like mm. i keep doing that in my brain i go yes that happens to me for sure when i'm in a room of with men mm. but it also happens to me when i'm in a room of women yes, i don't know because
2: ourselves yeah according to these rules yeah rules that we are often not even aware of yes rules that we're not even often
0: aware of totally agree
2: yeah and this is this is why say why i I go on about safety being such an important part of the creative process just what you're talking about Kristen, because we we can't put all of that on the individual we can't say to, to a woman who has actual reason to be uncomfortable or anxious or or afraid you can't say to her you know you've got to toughen up you you have to learn how to be more confident it's not reasonable there has to be not it it, it, i mean that whole way of approaching it that advice is so aligned with with the masculinity norm you know not not being weak just like overcoming fighting the fear and and pushing it down and toughening up and pushing through and right it's such a such a fundamental misunderstanding of the system to begin
0: with Yes, that like to say oh well just get over it Mm -hmm. again a person not worth having a conversation with because we don't have time we have busy things to do we have busy schedules right. to get on with because we are only making not the same amount of money and we don't have enough time.
1: And so Anna, so your mentor services help women realize these things. Like I, I think I would need that. Like, yeah. Cause I, I'm <laughs> even in women, I'm still pro I'm still going with the program yeah, that I'm yeah. used to, but like, so you, you just make them more aware and kind of give them strategies. To-
2: yeah, I do. I mean, I, I, I find that once you begin to talk about this and and the the most important part about that, actually, what I do, what I think myself is doing these days is creating safe spaces for women to explore these things, because I don't have to really. I mean, I've learned some things about the creative process and they're useful and, and, and it's theirs if they want it, that knowledge. But what is really invaluable for a woman who wants to go deeper with her creative work, or any woman actually who wants to like find her voice or just be herself more in this world, is to provide a safe space where she can explore this, a safe space where she will not like be bullied if she speaks <clears throat> a bit more than her 30% where she will not be judged according to the standards that 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 we have in the society so so that's what i do that's what i do when i have a retreat or when i do like an online group thing i tend to to mostly work in groups now because that's something i've learned over the years that that whole lone genius thing that's just another one of those myths i want to throw out the window it's it's so not true it's so not helpful we don't do it alone. We're, we're goodness, we pack animals. Like we find safety in, in the group. It's not that easy for women to find safety in the group. Just like you describe Amanda, these different settings we're in the workplace that it, they're usually not safe and being out on the street is certainly not safe. Being online and being outspoken is definitely not safe for a woman. So we need to like consciously create these safe spaces.
1: And safe is such a multidimensional yes. word too, yes. because safe emotionally and safe like literally mm. physically and like.
2: Yeah, I mean this is a relative safety because we yeah, right. cannot single-handedly change what the world looks like out there. Right. I will still think twice about going home alone in in the night. That's just a reality for me in a female body in this world. For all of us, but we can create. Spaces of relative safety, where we can explore this work, and we can come, like, we can come out of those spaces, a little more rounded, a little stronger, a little braver. Uh, and it has to, I mean, it's an inner job, for sure. We We need to learn to trust ourselves, we need to know ourselves enough to know that we have our own back, that we can tend to our needs, and so on. But it's also we need actual f- physical spaces. We need groups of people where we feel supported and safe. And 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 preferably if if possible, sometimes it's online because our people are scattered across the globe. But preferably we can also find an actual physical space that feels safe. It could be a woman's group, it could be your best friends, it could be like a scrapbooking circle, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it, 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 but, but to have these spaces where we can explore this without facing the backlash that you will face once you sort of step into the greater world, to, to, to grow, like, let your roots become a little bit more solid so you can face whatever is waiting for you when you grow bigger all of that is so important it's so important i mean when i talk about safety it's, it's like we can speak about it in in this like from the perspective of neuroscience even and it will support what i'm saying because you can't even access the parts of the brain where creative thinking happens if you don't experience at least a base level of safety that's that's never spoken about in in, in the narrative of the creative process i find and it's crucial. Like if you don't yes. know how to, to create safety for yourself or relative safety, how are you even going to access like your full creative capacity? It's not going to happen. So that Absolutely. I, like I want to shift that whole narrative from that. You know, just do it. Face mm. the fear and do it anyway. No, that's mm. old. That's the old story. We have more knowledge now. We can do it in a different way. And as women, we need to.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yes. Thank you for saying that. I feel like you create a safe space with the Awesome Ladies Project, Kristen. That's, That's been- a
0: lot of what I try to do. Mm. And I mean, especially now that social media is very toxic.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I wanted <clears throat> to make a, a, an alternative social media place where women could come and share their stories share Mm. the pictures of their projects and learn more about feminist scrapbooking Mm. because, I mean, you know that I love groups of women and creating communities.
2: Is this an online space?
0: It is. Mm. It is my, it's my online feminist scrapbooking community. And Mm. then also once a year we hold a retreat here in the middle of Michigan. And that's just the most amazing thing in the entire world. And like, I mean, I'm a crazy introvert that doesn't ever leave her house. Me too. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I I don't not ever leave my house. I do occasionally leave my house when I feel like it's necessary to leave my house, but also I live in Michigan and it snows the entire winter, so why? Um but also like as an introvert who doesn't necessarily love hanging out with people all mm-hmm. the time because it drains my energy. Yeah. Being in a group, like, a live retreat with a group of women is the most amazing thing in the entire world. Like, that's where these discussions happen. That's where, like, you learn about, like, the language that you need to talk about these things. Like, it happens when you're in these rooms. And sometimes it's a little bit uncomfortable, but most of the time it's absolutely magical. Yeah. Yeah. And like you're only going to get that magic. You're only going to get that like bravery. You're only going to get those hard to access like ancillary emotions mm. from being in a group of people. Yeah. But like being in live groups of people is just always I as draining as it is for me as an introvert. It is also the thing that I look forward to most in the entire year. Mm. It is my favorite thing in the entire world and every single person who comes to one of my retreats, I just, it, there's just such a connection. There's a one-on-one connection between me and my, like my people. Yeah. There's connections between everybody who comes. And we talk a lot on the show about how hard it is to make friends mm. as adult women. Mm. And that's how like you make friends by going to these things. You find your safe spaces and that's where, your people are going to be. Yeah.
1: Now, yeah, you've really cultivated a good culture at the live events that, I, that I've been to, too. And, like, I just feel like everyone there knows that it's safe to, like, do your thing and, like, share. It is, like, a good Like, because I've, I've been thinking since this whole conversation, like, where are my safe spaces, mm. right? For, like, creativity. Like, I, I don't know, Anna, if you have, like, an example of one of yours. Just so I could, like, I don't know. I've been trying to think, like, because a lot of it, it's by myself. Like, when I think about it, it's, like, at home, by myself. I'll share online my creativity. Mm. But lately, no. Like, lately, it hasn't felt as safe as it used to feel, I guess. Sort of. Mm. But then Mm. also, like, I felt safety at Awesome Ladies Live. I've felt safety, like, in Friends. Like, I'm going to go to a planner meetup with some crafty girls like next month, because they've, I've been there before, but it's been like a year over a year since, but like trying to get back to that. I don't know.
2: Yeah. I I think it's, I mean, I'm super introverted as well. And I really need to be alone much of the time, which is a challenge in and of itself with kids and like living in a family, but i've structured my work life in such a way that i get to be alone quite a lot mm-hmm. like work when i work with manuscripts and then with writing that's that's lone work but i've also with the over the years i mean i've tended to be alone to a fault like that used to i used to believe that that was my safe space and in a way it was because like my experiences from childhood and and, and all of it sort of taught me that other people can be quite dangerous, like in a very real way. And uh, so I stuck with that for a long time. But what I've come to see these last few years is that that really limits me. Because that whole thing about being safe alone, first of all, is not quite true. Like I said, humans are made to co-regulate. We find most safety in the group given that the group is safe of course but
0: yeah absolutely
2: and also what i've noticed is like my own desire to go deeper with my creative work to be more authentic more truthful more daring in my own writing i find that it's it's not th- you don't do it alone. Again, that lone mm-hmm. genius thing. It's it, that's not how it works. You need to bring other people into the picture. You mm-hmm. need to like have other people to lean on. You need them for support, and you need them for input. You need them yeah. for ideas. You need them for like all of it. The whole process is so much better when you don't try to do it alone. So I try to I try to have like writing bodies. I try to, we have, I have here locally where I live, I have like a feminist discussion group just to have this conversation and and going, uh, just to let out some steam (laughs) every once in a while so I don't go crazy. And also the the spaces that I create for other women, they're, they're so nourishing for me too. I have, like, I, worked really hard to move away from this whole teacher, like the teacher as the guru, the teacher as separate from the group. Uh, And I think more and more myself as the facilitator and as the space holder. And I am part of the group as well. And I get to be there as a full human being, even though I'm the one who sort of makes it, makes all of it work. And, 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 and so that has become really nourishing for me as well, to, to, to be able to show myself as a whole human being and not try to maintain the, the, the sort of the image of, of the perfect leader who has it all together, but, right. but to be in it together instead.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's really important.
2: Yeah. For me, that's a big difference because that whole perfectionist thing, that whole projecting an image, that's so lonely.
1: Mm.
2: When you do that, you, don't, you, you you can't connect to other people because you are not authentically there. Totally. So, so that becomes a really lonely space. And I, I try to move away from that these days. I try to move towards connection instead and to see that you can actually be a leader. <clears throat> You can be like, like I said, the space holder and all of that and still be part of the group. And that's, that's a gift to both the people who attend and to me as well.
1: Right.
0: Absolutely. I think it's amazing. Yeah. So this season, we've been asking everybody about reflection. That's our theme of season five. Mm. So I'd love to know how you have been bringing reflection into either your personal life or one of your creative practices.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think I, I, um, my practice, I'd say this is an, an, a crucial part of my creative practice is to bring attention and reflection to how I feel throughout the day in my work. Oh, this goes for my personal life too as well. But, But, relating to the creative work. It's, it's like, I'm a recovering striver and overachiever. And also there's been this long journey of healing from, from this childhood trauma that I was talking about, the sexual abuse and and the dysfunctional family situation and all of that. And that's, that's not a quick fix. No, not at all. I'm guessing this is a journey I'm on for this lifetime. So that's there. And so, for me, just like regularly checking in and connecting with myself, noticing what I'm feeling, like reflecting on, okay, so this is present. Where is it coming from? How can I tend to this feeling or this need in this moment? And, and it makes all the difference because one, one, res- like one consequence of trauma is, is the disconnection. <clears throat> you disconnect from your physical self you disconnect from your emotional experience because it's painful and and that sort of feeds into this type a personality behavior where where you're pushing and and striving and and living a lot in your head basically right so i'm trying to like relearn that re- and it's really trying because it's 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 a daily practice really and and i try to keep it as simple as possible you know no elaborate rituals or anything just like a breath and yeah how do i actually feel right now what is actually true for me in this moment and and it will help me make better decisions and create more truthful writing and and it will help me tend to my needs faster and more effective, and, and that in turn will lead me to to uh, function better throughout the day and, and tend to my business in a more grounded way and be a mother, for that matter. So, yeah.
1: Great answer! Thanks. Oh, that was amazing. I love it. <laughs> I Good identified question. a lot with that. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to conclude this episode with our currently round. And our currently round comes from Kristen's currently card that our listeners can find at theawesomeladiesproject.com. So we just run through it on the podcast. Anna, you ready? Sure. Okay. What are you currently watching?
2: Oh, I just started watching uh, Unbelievable on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it.
0: So good.
2: I'm, uh, Yeah. I feel like almost like gratitude when I watch it. It's, I mean, it's awful, but yes. this story, told from a woman's point of view, it's 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 a whole different thing. Um,
0: the women are amazing. Yeah. It's I I they all need to win awards.
2: It's yeah. I've just seen a few yet, but I love it.
0: Yeah, yeah. the first episode is one of the most trying episodes of television I've ever watched yeah. in my entire life.
2: It was horrible
0: oh yeah We're if s- you can get through the first episode <clears throat> of that show yeah i mean it's so but i mean it's it's horrible yeah and also beautiful in
1: the story. like uh, these are what's the gist of the show
0: um or would that give it away well it, it's a true story oh yeah
2: it's about uh, uh, it starts with the story of a young girl who is raped and and then uh, she goes on to to uh, report the crime and uh, her story as is very usual after traumatic incidents mm. her story keeps changing a little mm. and this leads to the police not believing her anymore oh. and then that that is sort of the the starting point mm. from where rest of the show i mean later on a couple of female investigators i think is the word Mm -hmm. comes onto the scene and they have like a different approach to it and and that's sort of why i can even bear to look at this because it's i mean it's triggering given my story and all of that but just that fact that this is this is actually told from a different perspective this is not another one of those stories where sexual violence is just like a spice in the... in the. Exactly. <sighs> yeah.
0: And that was, I think, the first thing that me and my partner talked about when we watched the show is that none of the sexual violence was sexualized. Exactly. Yeah, that's the whole difference. And yeah. that was, like, it was stunning in a way mm-hmm. in that, like, it was never... Like torture porn.
2: Hmm. That's how we used to see it.
0: Correct. Yeah. It's always, oh, well, look at this. It's still a woman and there's still sex. Yeah. And there's so, you know, oh, well, she's naked. Mm-hmm. Or like, look, there are breasts. And like in the show, it was very much no. This was a traumatic incident that happened to a young woman. And this is. Like, exactly what happens after
2: yeah.
0: this yeah, happens. Like, certainly. it was just very... It was very frank. Yeah. And also, everyone just acted
2: the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah, true. All right. Just like, oh, my God. I'm going to yeah. link
1: to it so people, our listeners can check it out, too. Yeah, yeah, do. Um, Yeah. What are you currently reading?
2: Oh, uh, I'm reading... book called the body keeps the score which is about trauma and the Mm. healing of it Uh, and it has to do with my work for write yourself which i mean we never got into it (laughs) in this episode there's so much to talk about but that has to do with using writing as a tool for for healing Uh, so i'm reading this book and it's exceptional and everyone who ever has anything to do with other people should read it because Mm. trauma is so common and the level of knowledge in our society is appallingly low. Uh, and this one is written in a way that is really accessible. And uh, I love it. it.
1: In the creative do your book, does it touch upon the trauma? Or is it more like um, for people to take on like the creative path, like kind of a guide?
2: Well, it, I bring it into the discussion because it's so common. Mm. Just, just like the rate of sexual violence uh, how many women who have been subject to to some level of sexual violence is is like right through the roof. So I have to bring it into the discussions, particularly like when we talk about safety and all of that and talk about being in the body mm-hmm. because the body is your tool in your creative work. So how can you be in the body if it doesn't feel safe to be in the body? Mm-hmm. And like that discussion. But it's not about healing trauma. mm mm-hmm. That part is in, in Write Yourself. That that part of my work is, is I see. focused there. My
1: mom has a saying that she says it about sickness or like exhaustion, like your body always wins, but you're exactly right. Like it always w- it wins when like the emotional stuff isn't addressed. Like yeah. it'll yeah. win then too. So, like, that's interesting that that's the title. My mom said that to me my whole life. She's like, your body's gonna win, your body, you know. Mm. And it's true mm. because she used to reference it in like, if you don't get enough rest, if you don't do whatever. But
2: it was true. It's really true. Yeah. If you I don't address listening. the things
1: too. <laughs> so sure. interesting. What are you currently listening to?
2: Well, I have a new podcast crush, actually, apart from yours, then obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it's called, I don't know if you know, it's called In Good Company. It's a UK podcast Mm -hmm. with a woman uh, whose name is Otega Uwagba, her name is. And it's all about women in the workplace. And there's some really interesting discussions there. With she she has guests on the podcast, and they talk about different aspects of being a woman in the modern workplace. I I think it's super helpful. Check it out. Cool.
1: What are you currently making?
2: Oh, my goodness. As little as possible. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I'm in the space, you know, after releasing the book, where I'm like, there's nothing here. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I'm ever going to be creative again. Yeah. It's not quite true, but I am actually making a workbook to go oh, with nice. the creative doer for people who want to like really get their hands dirty and, and, and have some support in the actual process. But,
0: That's really smart.
2: Yeah. I, I, I see a need for it.
0: That's really smart. I would love that. Yeah. I'm flipping through the the chapter, the table of contents of your book right now. Right. And I'd be like, mm, I really like all of these. And I'm, I'm such a workbook person. Oh, I just, really? yeah. I well, it's for for you, my, like, <laughs> Yeah, no, really, it it is because I just love, I just love filling things out. Oh, okay, yeah. I am a person who loves filling out forms. Give me a good form, I will fill it out. Oh my, God. that's why you I, I love
2: Such people.
0: Oh yeah, no, I'm am... totally Christian. Oh yeah, no, I love filling out forms. Oh. Give me forms. I loved working for the government for two years. It was oh. great. Mm. Yeah, no, one of my favorite things was you know, I had to sign my name a thousand times in one day. Still one of my greatest achievements. That's how I came <laughs> up with my signature. Oh, yeah, no. I, I actually started signing my name. Uh, this is something I don't know if I've actually ever told on the show. I used to sign my name where you could actually read the letters in my name. <laughs> and then one day at work, I had to literally sign my name a thousand times. <gasps> so, oh so now, no, like, like, no, legit, like, legitimately more than a thousand times. So now my 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 my, my signature is just—it's
2: not legible scribbles. anymore,
0: <laughs> you know. And so now, like, my my signature changed ever since that day. But yeah, no, a workbook is an amazing idea.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm um, hoping wow. to yeah, it all by my, Christmas.
0: All my people go crazy for all the workbook stuff that I put in my community. Oh, and there, anytime I release something without a workbook, they're like, "Kristen, <laughs>
1: the workbook." No workbook <laughs> they're just used to it coming along. That's so cute. Yeah,
0: they're yeah. so upset. Oh, but oh yeah, workbooks are amazing. Oh, so making good.
1: the creative doer workbook. Yeah. Yes. Exciting. Love it. Love it. What are you currently feeling?
2: Well, relating to what I just said, I, I'm like in a really slow mode. And I'm allowing it to be that way. I'm a bit tired, actually, because it was a long writing and production phase. Mm-hmm. And it was quite intense. And also we're moving towards winter here. And winter in Sweden, where I live, it's, it's a pretty dark affair cold but you know we're like same latitude or longitude i never remember which one it is yeah. but same as alaska
0: so do you get completely dark
2: yeah uh it's it's like a few hours of sunshine every day but it's like <sighs> five maybe at, if we're lucky uh, so
0: your summers must be amazing
2: then it's light all day round. it's magic <laughs> But I actually, I mean, I love the winter too. I, I really do. It's, I, I, I revel in it. I think actually mostly because I allow that time of year to be slower. Mm-hmm. I think that's what is meant to happen during that time. So mm-hmm. if, if, if we go into like this really dark and cold season and, and like expect ourselves to have the same level of energy and, and drive as during the summer, that is going to be a drain yeah. But I try not to do that anymore. I try to go really slow and like yeah. And then that. it's quite juicy actually. Like yeah, uh, hibernating. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What are you currently planning?
2: Well, speaking of hibernating, I'm planning to have like this really long time off during the holidays. Nice. Yeah. I look forward to that to just be with the kids and and we also like we celebrate you more than Christmas with the winter solstice mm-hmm. and and all the magic that comes with that mm-hmm. so i i really we have the Lucia Saint Lucia celebrations and I, I try to like make sure that from Saint Lucia and across into the new year i i, I don't work nice it doesn't always work out but that's that's right. what i'm planning for yeah nice. that
1: should be awesome yeah, yeah. And lastly, what are you currently loving?
2: Oh, wow. The fall colors, I think. That's Mm. the first thing that comes up. It's so beautiful right now. It's stunning. I don't know where are you in the the US. Like, do you have proper fall? Oh, yeah. With all the colors and all?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We both live in four season areas.
2: Good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love that. It is is legit gorgeous here right now.
1: And like... We're all old enough to like know that it's gonna come every fall. Like we've seen it over three <laughs> decades, but it, it still, matter. it never gets old. <laughs> it's still like a surprise yeah. every year. It's like, I get people that don't have four seasons. And they go, oh, snow. We're always like, it really is amazing. Yeah. But like, I still feel that about, you're right. Like, every fall. time oh, it
2: snows, yeah. the first snow. The first snow. Yeah. It's like I'm a child again. Yeah. Like, I am. Yeah, never We were just driving old.
0: down the street the other day. And I was looking at the trees and I'm like, there are legit like nine different color trees. And this is
1: the coolest yeah. thing. Yeah. It yeah. just is. I love
2: that. I, I could never live somewhere with that season mm-hmm. long. No.
1: And this, this interview touched amazing. my heart. Aww. I am so excited. I,
0: I cannot wait for you. everyone to listen to this. Well, actually, everyone has already listened to this. So good <laughs> job, guys. You are amazing. We love you. <laughs>
2: That's we are going
0: to head over to After Chatter and chat with Anna for a few more minutes. You can catch that at craftyassfemale.com slash Patreon if you are not already a Patreon member and you can sign up right there. If you are already a Patreon member, you can go to patreon.com slash craftyassfemale and catch the video and it is going to be awesome. We love you and we'll be back next week with another amazing episode of Crafty S Female. If you have not already left us a five-star review on iTunes, you should absolutely go and do that because you love us and you want everybody else to catch this awesome podcast on, you know, whatever podcast thing they're listening to. And that's the best way for people to find us. So go and leave us an awesome review on iTunes. And we love you, and we will catch you next week. Bye, guys.